Pego. Hello, Gavna, and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, Yemi the Ferret. How's everyone doing today? Uh, this is, of course, the podcast about video game news, occurrences, first impressions, reviews, etc. Uh, where I, Yemi the Ferret, talk about all these different things, including news and coming soon and uh, what's been what you know what, what what all the all the different kind of stuff you know what i'm talking about i mean we're, we're over like 130 some episodes in so at this point you really should know what the vibe is uh, but yes thank you for tuning in i appreciate that uh, let's go ahead and jump right in to what i've been playing uh, this past week all right First, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to be listening to this, but first, I got to issue an apology to the developers behind the Outbound Ghost. I had to put in a refund for it. I just was not enjoying my time with the game. It's like a Mar, it's like Paper Mario, but there's like ghosts, and you know, the ghost guy uses like his, you know, his his um, you know, like emotions to battle other ghosts in the world. So like the first one you get is like um angst or something i don't remember and then you also get like anger and compassion you know and like yeah that's fine and all but the thing that made paper mario so much fun was having these different characters interacting with you in the world and then battling with you and having their own unique moveset and i just wasn't i wasn't vibing with what they were doing in the game um a lot of the areas that you went to went to were like very basic like you know like the first whole like part of the game is like this very bland forest that didn't really have much going on and there were sections where it's like there's just nothing there you know it's just a a minute walk down a pathway that only leads to a loading screen and i don't know i just i wasn't digging it so i i i went in for the refund because i knew that i wasn't gonna be playing any more of the game and that's unfortunate because i was kind of excited for it especially because you know after playing paper mario and the thousand year door I was really kind of into that kind of vibe with the turn-based and the kind of like the colorful goofiness style of that game. And, um, you know, I guess sometimes indies don't do as good of a job as Nintendo, but I'm not trying to put the developers down. I mean, obviously they worked really hard in this game. There's a lot of interesting, um, like, mechanics in there as well. I mean, very similar to Paper Mario, obviously. Uh, you may enjoy this game, you know, you may enjoy it. I would say give it a try if you want, if you like, you know, turn-based RPGs. Uh, you know, I just wasn't connecting with the game, and I felt like the opening cutscene had nothing to do with the rest of the game's adventure. I just... Yeah, it was it was tough to get into, and I was not getting into it, so I decided, you know what? That's okay. I'm not vibing. I'm gonna just get some get a refund so I can buy some stuff in Fall Guys. You know, <laughs> that's that's how it goes sometimes. But hey, whatever. All right, foe, uh, foe. <laughs> so uh, the real first game that we want to talk about today is called Shovel Knight. Dig. Shovel Knight Dig is, um, I mean, it's a lot better than Pocket Dungeon, I'll tell you guys that much. Pocket Dungeon, just, that's another game that just didn't vibe with me. Uh, but Shovel Knight Dig, it's like a combination of the SteamWorld Dig games 
and it's crossed with Shovel Knight, and it it works really well. Um, you do have to like, I haven't played a lot of it, so don't you know, don't take anything I say too seriously. But um, for in in my hour of playing the game, uh, you know, it, it's it's tough to get accustomed to the Shovel Knight style of gameplay. Uh, I haven't played Shovel Knight since it came out, so you know, like automatically being able to hit downward by just jumping in the air like he automatically does like a down like attack without you pressing a button um that that does goof me up a lot it really does um but i mean you know a game called shovel knight and and the original shovel knight there is a lot of digging you know you do dig a lot of holes uh but this is definitely like you you are you are you're, you're going down you're shoveling your way down and um it definitely feels more uh, more like Steam World dig than than Shovel Knight, but it does use like the Shovel Knight mechanics, which is what's you know really pulling me back in. You know, like obviously Steam World dig isn't a a roguelite. You know, um, Steam World dig, uh, you know that game had had a had a story that you went along and you were just kind of like mining throughout you know in these different areas, and you do kind of the same thing in Shovel Knight, but it's more about like the action platforming. You know, you're 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 digging. Um, around obstacles and you know you're 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 destroying enemies and the one thing that has been kind of annoying is there's a constant flow of enemies off screen um so like an enemy will just kind of come from off screen and go towards you at an angle and you gotta try and, and work your way around them sometimes that can be a little bit annoying um but you know yeah whatever uh there's also lots of treasure to find i mean the game's all about collecting gems and then of course getting to the final boss which is like this guy with a drill for a helmet which looks pretty cool um so you know uh, the main part is like you know you go down you get as much gold as you can you know let's say you die or get uh get knocked out you go back up to the surface buy some stuff you know buy a buy a relic key to open a door or buy an extra slot for items you can carry or you know, you know, do whatever, right? There's, there's lots of things to buy, of course. And as you go farther down, you'll, you'll meet new characters. Um, like there's a blacksmith you'll meet and he can make you new armor, which will give you more health. Um, I'm pretty sure there's like shovel upgrades you can get from, um, from a different vendor as well. Just stuff like that, you know, and with it being a roguelite, uh, you don't lose everything when you die. Like you still have money. And of course, like, it's kind of like dark souls where it's like, you use a portion of your money, and then you have to kind of reclaim it. Uh, the way you reclaim it in the game is like they come, they come off screen, kind of like the enemies, except they're like floating pouches, and you have to just kind of run into the pouch to collect the money, um, which is a good way to do it. You know, it makes it easy to. You don't have to go all the way down the same path in order to get your stuff back. It just kind of appears randomly throughout the level. Uh, because there are, you know, this is still a level-based game, so. You know, after you get through the first section, which is like Mushroom Grove 1 or whatever, Mushroom Cave 1, then you get the Mushroom Cave 2, 3, et cetera, et cetera, right? And there are multiple paths you can go down. Um, you know, one way might lead you to uh, a shopkeeper and, and whatever, and the other way might lead you to maybe some more challenging platformers but or platforming, uh, but there's better upgrades. You know, it's all it's all kind of random, you know? I, I Like, all the, all the, like, as you, when you restart a run... You don't just get the same configuration every single time. It's really been refreshing going through. And obviously, it is a lot to learn. You know, like I said before, it, there's a little bit of a learning curve with this game being a Shovel Knight game and not exactly acting like a normal platformer, you know. Um, so obviously, there's a bunch of new mechanics in there as well. 
um, one of the things I I was going to mention before, like you dig around um, obstacles, like there's just like dirt in the air that you kind of like you attack through to dig. And so you're digging through it and like you you go forward every time you dig through a square of dirt and you got to keep tapping X in order to keep like floating essentially across the platform. And if you mess up, then you'll fall and sometimes you'll get damaged and whatever. So it's a very unique kind of roguelite in that way where, you know, it's really combining these these very strange mechanics and putting them into this little package that has been really fun so far. Like I said, I've only played about an hour, so, you know, maybe there's something farther along. I mean, I, I haven't even gotten to the first boss yet. That's how much uh, I, I'm, I am having a bit of a struggle, you know, getting through the game. But, um, you know, I, I think that in general, it's it's been a really fun time. It's definitely one that I'm going to spend some time with, hopefully get farther and farther in the game. Um, and there's already people who, I mean, they have the best armor. They've collected 2 million gems on their on a single run, you know. So there are people who are vibing with it a, a little bit easier than I am. But for the most part, I mean, I'm willing to go back down and, and try it out some more. You know, I, I'm really enjoying how the game is. And if you like Shovel Knight, you're going to like this game. If you like um, SteamWorld Dig, you're going to like this game. And if you like roguelites, it's definitely a roguelite that you're going to want to play. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it has the Shovel Knight staples. It has the fun, you know, pixel art graphics. You know, it has the quirky characters that you meet. Like the one guy is like this 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 horse with a top hat and he owns the store, you know. Uh, there's another guy who... Um, um, he has like a mushroom for a head or something like that, you know, very, very, you know, all, all kind of fun stuff. There's like a mole that we met that was, that was pretty funny. He, he gave you like a random, uh, a random upgrade or whatever when you met him. And yeah, there's just a bunch of like quirky characters to meet in the game, which is also like a Shovel Knight staple. And then of course there are the Shovel Knight mechanics in the game that are, you know, a, a staple as well, which you just kind of got to get used to. You just got to get used to them. And once you get used to them, then the game's going to flow a little bit easier. Uh, but yeah, if you want to check it out, SteamWorld, uh, not SteamWorld, <laughs> oh, actually, check out SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2, those are two very good games too, uh, but Steam, uh, but Shovel Knight Dig is is a is a very good game too, I, I've, been, I've been enjoying myself, so if you want to check it out, it has a great soundtrack, has a nice graphical style, plays pretty nicely, it's a very interesting concept, um, combination of two games that I really enjoyed, so, you know, there you go, yeah, perfect combination for me, and uh, if you want to try it out, I would suggest you do that. It's pretty cheap, and it, it's definitely better than Pocket Dungeon. I don't know if you remember what Pocket Dungeon was, but po Pocket Dungeon was like Shovel Knight Cross with Candy Crush, and it was just kind of like another roguelite where you went through different levels and doing Candy Crush things, and it was just bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was bad. I did not like it. All right. Um, so once again, uh, just to mention this because I like being petty like that, I was uh, I was first to talk about tram trombone champ in depth uh, before a lot of people. I mean, I I did my little review of trombone champ before, um, before Dunkey did his video, before all these websites started doing reviews on it. You know, before, um, you know, before uh, you know. Jeff Cayley said that they should have a Trombone Champ uh, little musical segment in the Game Awards this year. And I was like, this whole time, I'm like, holy crap. Like, just Im imagine this, okay? Imagine people listening to my podcast and hearing me talk about Trombone Champ, giving it a good rating or score or whatever you want to say, a good review. 
and then going out and playing themselves, and then this explosion happens. It all would link back to me, but instead it's linking to whoever. You know, I, it doesn't matter, obviously, but you know, it's one of those things. It's like once again, this is like two times this year that I have played an indie game that has been really fun, and I've done a really positive review on it, like Neon White and Trombone Champ. And then other like bigger publications start talking about it, and then it blows up. It's like I could have been I me I could have been the catalyst for this, if if I could just reach more people. You know, I'm always looking for the next best indie game, and obviously this is going to um, come up a little bit later. But Donkey made his like indie game um, like uh, a publishing company, and I was like I would be perfect for like finding the next best thing you know playing something and saying like hey this is like the next best thing just give me a chance with this you know because i'm always going on steam and looking at the newest releases for indie games and um there's obviously a bunch of stuff that's always suggested to me you know from you know from indie games to triple a stuff to to whatever and um yeah it's just it's crazy it's crazy that this trombone champ game went off so fast and I was there before anyone else, and I was done with the game before a bunch of these people even started, even knew what it was, and <sighs> yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit frustrating at times because you know Neon White being one of them, which was one that you know when people saw it during the the state of not state of play, but the Nintendo Direct, it kind of went under the you know kind of went under the surface, you know, and and Callus and I even said like, hey, this looks really cool, you know, and it came out, I picked it up, I played it. I talked about it on the podcast several days before Donkey put out his video. You know, a bunch of different publishers did their reviews, and yeah, I was I was I was there before that. And then Trombone Champ once again, I'm 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 in before everyone else. So I, I'm in, you know. And uh, yeah, it's 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 quite crazy. It's just it's just one more reason to listen to Ferris sixty four. You know what I'm saying? Okay, for real though. <clears throat> Let's talk about Cyberpunk, because um, speak, speaking of games that I started playing before they got a boom, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 had a bit of a lull, you know, there was a few updates that came out that obviously fixed the game, and, uh, you know, people kind of forgot about it, or maybe just stopped talking about it, and there was, like, this big thing with the anime coming out, and I was actually playing Cyberpunk before the anime uh, even, like, showed up on my feed, um, so I was playing Cyberpunk before it blew up in popularity again. Right now, it's having the biggest boom of players since its like launch, which is pretty cool for the game because on PC, PlayStation Five, and Xbox Series X, the game is running pretty smoothly. Uh, through my playthrough on the PS Five, uh, we did have a couple glitches that were kind of mind-boggling. Like, how is this not fixed yet? One well, of the major ones being like the nomad camp that you're 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 doing stuff with if you want to the Al- the Kados or whatever they're called they moved and i woke up and like all the buildings and chairs and stuff were invisible and so like everyone was standing on nothing there was there was nothing they they were just all floating in air and stuff like that it was one of those really crazy moments and then later on at that same camp when everything loaded in uh, uh, finally I was doing this quest where I had like a box and I gave it to a guy and I put it on a chair and there was a guy sitting in the chair and I just put the box into the guy. And I was like, weird. That's just so weird. It's like, well, how is how does this get through the cracks? I mean, it's it's not even an off the beaten path kind of side mission. It's like a main side mission, you know. But I in I you know, it start it starts off a bit in a rough place, I think, personally. You know, kind of just throws you into the world. 
you know, you you meet Jackie and uh, T Bug, and you get thrown into this mission where you gotta, you know, go to Arasaka or whatever, and you gotta take the chip, and the chip gets put into your head, and Johnny Silverhand starts taking over your body, right? And not until uh, after that initial, like, I guess I would call it the prologue, honestly. It was, like, a very long prologue, but it was a prologue, all right. Uh, that's after that when Johnny starts, like, talking to you and you start interacting with Johnny inside your head. That's when it started to really click with me, you know? Johnny, I mean, obviously, I, th- I think people gave... I-, I don't remember how people, ca- you know, like... I don't remember the initial thoughts on the whole, like, Johnny being kind of like Joker from Arkham Knight being in your head and talking with you and interacting with you and stuff like that. I don't remember how people initially responded to that. Uh, but me personally, I thought that it was a really great performance. And I thought that, like, the whole angle of Johnny kind of taking over your body slowly was a really good one. And, you know, depending on what you do in the game, obviously, he can be more hostile toward you or more friendly toward you. And uh, the way that we played the game, I was playing it kind of loose and dangerous. And I can pinpoint exact locations where I kind of like did the did the did something that made it so that Johnny and couldn't be extracted from my mind without my my character dying essentially. So at the end of the game, you know Johnny took over V's body and you know started living his life in a in a in, in a different way. Right, he had a second chance essentially. And even though I wasn't like fully like oh this is what I wanted. I was, I understood what I did to come to this circumstance because there's a lot of little things that you do that kind of work your way towards specific endings. Now there were other endings that I could choose and maybe I'll eventually go back and try some of those on my own time and see if they change anything like, Oh, maybe, maybe, you know, because I didn't let Johnny take over my body for the last time, you know, I'm able to split us apart by going with the Arasaka woman or going to Pan Am in the Aldecados, you know, people's area, you know. And honestly, I, I had I, I thought that the game was a lot of fun. There were some big down times, though. Like, there were a couple streams where, like, you're going through it, you're doing, like, these side missions, and they're just, there's nothing going on action-wise. They're just, it's all about a story. And yeah, you know, sometimes you just want to go to go and start shooting something, you know. So there are these little little side side missions, like these even more side missions that are like green on the map, where you go to a place, you kill a bunch of people, you leave, you know, you take the information back to the NCPD or whatever they're called. Um, and it's like, okay, you know, there's some stuff that I just kind of skipped doing. Like there was like the Cyber Psychos missions, which are kind of like the Dead Island three like super zombie type guys who have a lot of health. They have like this crazy mod attached to them and you got to kill them. I kind I just kind of skipped over those, you know, um, they, they aren't like, they're not main mission stuff. It's just side stuff. So it's like, okay, whatever. Um, there were, there was like one or two side missions that we didn't finish because we had to wait for like an, like a whole day for someone to contact us. So there was one that was like called like the last gig where you played with, um, Johnny's old bandmates in a band. And we didn't get to do that one because it was like, wait a day. And I just didn't, I just didn't feel like waiting a day, you know, I know. And, and it wouldn't let me, it wouldn't let me, um, fast forward time either, which was weird. It stopped letting me do that halfway through the game for some reason. So I was kind of like, okay, whatever. I'll just do the, the final mission. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool weapons in the game, you know, a lot of cool, they're like the, the world building in the game is really what's going to sell it for a lot of people. And me personally, that's what sold it for me. You know, you go into this world and you're kind of thrown in kind of like how Mass Effect 1 does it. They just kind of throw you in there and you got to kind of figure it out and, and read the codex and whatever. Cyberpunk is kind of the same where, you know, 
<coughs> sorry, I still have like a nagging cough. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, Cyberpunk kind of does the same thing where, um, you know, you get dumped into the world and there's not much explanation as to why things are the way they are, you know. You get a little bit of backstory here and there just through memories and stuff like that, but... You know, like, you meet up with Jackie, and, you know, there's there's an iguana inside the case if you do the Nomad part of the mission. There's an iguana inside the case, and it's like, okay, why is why is the iguana in the case, you know? Because iguana are uh, extinct in this world, and it's, like, one of the last ones, right? Um, you know, they're like, wh- you know, why why do people's eyes light up? You know, why is there multiple SD card slots in my brain that I'm putting chips into? You know, wh- you know, what's what's jacking in got to do with anything? You know, like there's a whole bunch of stuff you kind of got to learn just by playing the game. And the same thing happens in Mass Effect. You know, if you want to just play the game as a regular RPG and not worry about all the backstory, you can do that. Obviously, there's going to be some things that you might want to check out in that codex, but for the most part, you know, you're 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 going along and you're kind of understanding things as they happen, you know, oh, oh, uh, 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 you know, Asari are all a female race, okay, didn't know that until I started talking to one, you know, oh, they, or, you know, oh, the Geth are made by the Quarians, well, who's the Quarians, well, you don't really know until you meet one, you know, that's the thing, like, sometimes, you know, sometimes the Codex is is there, and you just kind of forget, and you start playing the game, and you kind of learn things on your own, other times you might want to go into that Codex, look a little bit deeper into things like the Krogan Rebellion, and, you know, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff, you know, like the humans first visiting the Citadel and stuff like that. Um, so in Cyberpunk, there is there is that bit of codex, but all the lore is kind of found throughout like the game in these little cards that you pick up. And, you know, I didn't really read through many of them. Some of them had information on it you needed. Other ones just were kind of like just bullshit, like, you know, five lines of dialogue from a character, and then that was it. It's like, okay, whatever. Speaking of characters, there's a lot of great characters you meet in the game. You know, after you get that first, like, you know, after you get past that first prologue, you know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of characters start appearing to you and it can be a little overwhelming at first because they're all like calling your phone and being like, V, I heard you were the best. I need your help. You know, all that kind of stuff. There's like, there's like missions that appear on the map. They're just like, you know, they're just like, you know, random encounters, I guess you would say, but they're not random, you know, um, but like, you don't know what's going to be there until you get there. So one of them had this like drink dispenser that was like, kind of like um um an AI or whatever and like you 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 met you meet him a few times in the same place of course but you meet him in a few different circumstances like one of the times he's giving advice to a girl and you you come up and you're like okay this is kind of weird and then there's another time where you know he's learned about like this guy's family and he's like what's your mother really they you know and you had to like defend him it was like one of those missions that was like kind of charming and, and kind of fun and had a really bittersweet ending to it as well i thought it was a really good uh, little side mission um, that, that kind of took place over the course of like uh, a couple hours of gameplay, you know, it wasn't just like, boom, 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 you're done, you know, uh, but then, you know, with, with the good side missions, there were also the bad ones. I mean, there was one that had like a real deep, like religious thing going on where the guy's like, I want to be crucified and I want them to make a brain dance of it, which is like, you can relive someone's memories. Right. And so like, you, you know, you go through this whole thing and like, if it were originally you're hired to like, just shoot and kill this guy on his way to prison, you know? Or whatever. And then you get kind of roped into this whole thing where they're going to televise his death, being nailed to a cross, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And, like, the whole time I'm like, can I just, like, leave? Can I just quit? Can I just, like, kill him? And if you if you quit, if you say if you say you don't want to do it, it just immediately fails the mission. And, and that's it. You're never going to see those characters again, right? Which is kind of dumb to me in a, in a, lot, in a lot of ways. Like, some of, the, some of the options that I chose, you know, weren't... 
they didn't seem that negative. They, they didn't seem that f- that final when I said them or when I chose them, but they, it still failed the mission or has, you know, someone attacked me for no reason, right? And that's that's one of the things that kind of was bugging me a little bit through the game is like sometimes the choices, you know, sometimes you really don't have choice in the matter, you know? Um, but, you know, there was there were too many of those missions like that. I mean, obviously you could tell some... Some things, you know, when you could, you could be like, okay, I'm out, and that would like end the mission. You would fail the mission, right? And I guess the the thing is, you kind of want to keep going through the mission, you know, to get the XP, to get the special weapon or outfit or whatever you're gonna get for them. Um, but there, there's some missions that were just kind of slog to get through, like that crucifixion one, where it was like, it's a bunch of stuff that was like. I don't know, I just don't really, I didn't really care about the character, I didn't really care about the story that they were, and I mean, obviously there was a lot of world building in, inside this one mission, but, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy my time with it, and they kind of forced you to, like, well, I guess they didn't force you, but they, yeah, they, you know, you had to sit through, like, his crucifixion and death, you know, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, there was another side mission where, like, there was, like, this guy abducting kids, and he would, like, turn them into, like, batteries or something like that, the power or something, that was a pretty wild one. Um, you know, it's another one of those ones that just kind of was like, kind of, kind of was kind of boring all the way through up until like the final like hour where you like were attacking like the actual warehouse and and you know finding out what was actually going on. Um, yeah, so there were some wild ones in there. There were some boring ones in there. There were some mediocre ones. There were some good ones. You know, a lot of the main missions were good. You know, after you get past the prologue, a lot of the main missions were good. Anything that had to do with Johnny was good. Johnny Silverhand, who was Keanu Reeves. You're breathtaking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the I guess this whole like kind of review is building up to this final statement, which is. If you have Cyberpunk 2077, <clears throat> should you play it now? Is is now the time to play it? You know, um, th- <clears throat> obviously there's been. You know, there was a lot of hype around this game building up to its release. It was released, uh, I would say, about a year and a half too early, honestly. So, is now the time? Should you should you take you know should should you buy it on a sale, and and try it out now? And I would say yes with an asterisk next to it because if I say yes, it's got to be the PC, the PS5, or the Xbox Series X version. <clears throat> if you get the PS4 or Xbox One versions. Uh, they're probably not going to be up to the same standards as PS5. Now, there is one final update coming out for the older generation. So that means that after that update comes out and the DLC comes out called, like, um, I think it is called Edge Runners or something like that. Um, that's it. The older console generation is not getting any more updates. It's done. And I don't know how that old version is going to play. I mean, obviously, the load times are going to be a lot longer. Probably graphics are going to be a little bit worse. Frame rates going to be a little bit worse. So... If you have the means, which is if you have the newer console generation or if you have a good enough PC, it's definitely worth playing through, in my opinion. There are still a a few glitches in there, um, but for the most part, the game ran smoothly. Uh, It was fun to play. It was a crazy experience. The lore and stuff behind, like, the city was great. Interacting with Johnny and doing my, like, the way that I played the game was really interesting with Johnny being there, and I wasn't taking the pills to suppress him and stuff like that, so, you know, I, you know, there you go. I had I had a lot of fun interacting with, with Keanu Reeves and, um, and, and seeing how, like, the characters changed throughout my 30-hour playthrough of the game, which I know seems short, and it does seem short to me, too, but... 
like besides from like a couple of like the side missions where you're just fighting in a boxing ring that I didn't do, I did everything else that was on my map, you know, and nothing else was appearing before the final mission. So I just decided to do the final mission. And of course I missed like the band, like band get together or whatever. And I did fail like the Delman cab where you had to like go around and fight a different, the different taxi cabs. I, I, I didn't want to do that. It was just a, it was just an annoying mission, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, um, I, I had a lot of fun with it, and like I said, if you have better hardware, it's going to be a better experience. The The worse hardware you have, the more likely that the game is going to bug out and not be up to the specs of what you expect, right? So take that into consideration. I would definitely recommend playing it, though, sometime in the future, maybe after the final update for the stuff, you know, the biggest, the big update comes out that's coming out soon. Maybe that's when you should start it. I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed my time with it, and I guess that's really all that matters for me personally. Um, we also, let's see, we also played and finished Blazing Angels, which is a World War II arcade plane action game. Essentially, as you play through the game, uh, you know, you just go through the different theaters of World War II, you know, you, you start in the UK and, like, parts of France. Well, I guess not parts of France, but, yeah, you start, like, in the UK, and, you know, with the Battle of Britain and stuff like that. Um, you're, like, a fighter squadron sent over from the Americas to, to help out the British. And then you're sent to the Pacific Front, and, you know, the Air Force is officially, is officially you know, started up in, in America. And uh, you, you, you go through Pearl Harbor and, and the whole Pacific Front of the war. And then eventually you get put back into, um, well, not, well, there is a part with North Africa in there. There's like two missions with North Africa and that's, that's before you go to the Pacific front. But after, after the Pacific front, uh, you go back to like Germany and like you liberate, you liberate France and you do the, like the battle of bulge. And then you do like the, a battle of Berlin. Um, and then like, you also like go to like Sweden or Norway and like, you find like a secret German base and you got to like fly through these like fjords, you know, which is a pretty intense part. I guess the one thing that I would say is if you're going to try out Blazing Angels, it's definitely worth playing the, you know, the first Blazing Angel game. I, I haven't played the second one in forever, but I remember that one being pretty bad. Um, but if you haven't played the original Blazing Angels, I would say stay away from the PS3 version because it seems to run pretty poorly. You know, when you, when smoke happens or explosions happen, like the game just slows down to a crawl. The frame rate takes a dump, and like it, it makes it hard to do finesse kind of things. Um, there are some missions that have a pretty harsh, um, you know, like failure you know rate. Like you know, you have to protect thirty bombers, and like if you're not like on point the whole time, you're gonna fail. You know. Or, you know, maybe there's a time limit that has that's a really strict time limit. So, you know, you got to take take out the pl enemy planes even faster than you usually would, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, all in all, I enjoyed Blazing Angels. I think that the story is, you know, whatever, but the music is really good. The gameplay is fun. You know, a lot of different planes to fly, a lot of different parts of the war to, to do, you know. Um, and it was, it's definitely worth playing through the game. If you have the an Xbox 360 I think that version runs better. I remember playing the Wii version, and I feel like the Wii version runs better, but I don't know. I haven't played that in forever. That was actually, you know, Blazing Angels is actually one of the first games I got for the Wii. You know, I, I got the Wii. I had Guitar Hero 3 on the Wii. And then, um, you know, I, of course, I had, like, Wii Play and stuff like that. 
And then I think I bought Blazing Angels, you know, with one of my first paychecks. I bought Blazing Angels, and um, yeah, I played it for a long time. Oh, I also got like Battalion Wars too. I think that was another one that I got like right away. But yeah, you know, very, very, it's still a fun game, you know, still a fun game. And uh, yeah, you know, whatever. And uh, the other game that we played was uh, Jumanji, the video game. We played and finished that in a couple hours. Look, I'm going to sound really, real. you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to sound a little bit positive about the game, but just know that it's like not completely worth the buy. Um, it was better than I expected. I went into this game thinking that's going to be a, a total shit show, you know. Um, and I was like, uh, you know, I was, I guess I was surprised that like the quality of the game wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know. I was expecting like a Ghostbusters 2016 type experience where it's like a top down, you know, arcade shooter that just is lame, you know. But honestly, the game wasn't half bad. I mean, it, it, it's not good by any any means, but it's not bad. You know, it's just kind of like in the middle. It's kind of like a nothing game, you know, a C tier kind of game where it's like it's average. You know, I, I you know I have nothing strongly opinionated about it. You know, I think that the the game's a little bit short. Obviously, there's only four missions in there. So, you know, replayability is a little is a little bit rough in that aspect because there's only four levels and all the levels have like the same enemy types, you know. They don't they don't change up at all. Um there you know, there's some fun goofy things in there like you can you can be chased by a rhino. There's like a rhino in one part or a bear or something like that, which is fun. You know, I thought that was kind of a fun little thing. There's like these sections where you go through like a cave and there's like spinning traps and spike traps and stuff like that. Pendulums, you know, blades and that was, you know, that was a cool part of it, too. Um, but, you know, other than that, like, the gameplay was pretty basic. It's like a third-person shooter, Fortnite-type graphics, you know, very blocky, you know, not really polished. Um, but you could tell that the developers actually put some time into the game because it runs well. I'm playing the, I was playing the PS5 version, but I'm sure all the versions run well. You know, it runs well. It was, it was fun enough, you know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, like, shit on it. You know, it was fun enough. We played through it. The best character, I guess, I guess in the end, the best character was um, Jack Black. He had like a shotgun that could like get you like a bunch of points if you get headshots on like the bigger guys because they just like, or Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's character was also pretty good too. He had like a monkey he could call in and the monkey would attack enemies for you. Jack Black could heal everyone around him. Um, uh, what's her face? God, I can never remember her name. She has like a boombox that distracts enemies. It makes him start dancing or whatever. And uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has, like, a powerful slam move, which was probably the worst out of all of them, honestly, which is kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just, like, one of those games. It's like, okay, it's like a nothing game. You play it for two hours. You've seen everything it has to offer. Yeah, there was an online mode. Yeah, there's a lot more that we could have done with, like, achievements and stuff like that. But it's just, like, not... It was, like, it was fun for, like, a playthrough. And then, like, as soon as you start repeating levels to, like, to work on other things it just starts to become really boring so yeah not really one of those things that i want to like go through again i've even already deleted it off my console but hey at least this jumanji game's gonna grace my shelf and i can say confidently that it is fine <laughs> all right let's go ahead and move on to what's in the news all right obviously last week was like a super mega uh, Ferris 64, you know, lots of stuff happened. 
This week, not so much. I've just kind of cherry-picked a few things that I wanted to talk about. Obviously, the first bit of news, and probably the biggest news from last week and into this week, is that GTA 6, Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, was had this huge leak. Um, people are calling it like Hackageddon or something like that. Hackageddon? Uh, but essentially, like, you know, because this game is being worked on remotely for a lot of it, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, files being shared over different servers and stuff like that. And someone hacked in and, and got a couple of videos and mashed them together and put them out on Twitter and YouTube and stuff like that. Essentially, it was unfinished, unpolished gameplay. You know, you could see, like, you could... I mean, I didn't really watch it fully, but I watched enough of it to be like, okay, it's not finished. They don't watch to see this, right? Um, but essentially, you know... Um, the, you know, the game was, uh, you know, leaked and like, it was like, it was unfinished stuff. You know, there was buildings and there was like some character models that weren't finished. There was like, you know, there was arrows showing where an NPC would be going. There was, you know, the sky wasn't fully rendered. You know, there, there's a bunch of stuff that you, that you can tell, like, this is definitely like pre-alpha. You know, this is like build point oh oh five or whatever, you know, like there's nothing really... There's nothing really to be said about it, you know? Like, everyone's out there, you know, talking about it, like, oh, you know, it's not it's not ready, it's gonna suck when it comes out. But, like, you're looking at, like, footage that is, like, development footage. Like, do you know how a video game is made? You know? Oh, the graphics don't look good. Duh, the graphics aren't gonna look good. It's because it's not done yet. Graphics are, like, the last thing that companies work on with games. You know, they polish up the graphics, make sure there's no glitches, and then release it, you know? Um... So yeah, people have had the hottest and worst takes uh, I have ever seen with this little leak, and that's the thing though. Like, well, maybe it's a big leak. It's a big leak, but but that's the thing. Like, you shouldn't take anything that you see seriously because it's all development footage. It's like it's it's people playtesting the game and trying to stress the game. You know, in one of the footages that you, they showed off, like they were trying to like break the AI, like they were trying to break the AI path. Like someone was just that was all they were doing. And, you know, that that's just that's just development stuff. That's just play testing kind of stuff, you know? And it's just it's hard for me to believe that people are like so stupid that they're like, oh, this is the game, this is how it's gonna come out. It's like, no, it's not. It's not gonna come out like this, you know? Like there is no indication that it's gonna come out like this. This is this is development footage. And yeah, I mean, I guess there's some parts of the video where it was like, oh, it kind of looks like GTA online. And then there was the the rest of the game looked much different, you know. So, yeah, uh, I guess the the main thing I want to say is the guy, well, one of the people who is reportedly behind the hack was arrested in London, a 17-year-old kid uh, who was a part of, like, a hacking group, or they are suspicious that he's a part of the hacking group, um, has been put in custody, and he's currently uh, being, like, questions about, like, the the leaker group and stuff like that. I mean, this is a big thing. I mean, this same this same hacker group apparently also hacked into 2K's servers. And I believe they also hacked into, like, EA servers at one point. So, you know, this is, like, a joint thing between the, you know, whatever the United Kingdom's FBI is. The FBI and the Justice of uh, the U.S. Department of Justice, they're all involved in this case. Um, in, in this group named uh, Lapsus Dollar Sign or whatever, apparently they are they're really, really going in trying to find out you know find finding this hacker group. So um, oh they, I guess they also hacked Uber. They hacked Uber or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, this 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 might be the you know this might be uh, the first person of this group to actually be arrested in this whole thing. 
and uh, we'll see what happens after this. But it's kind of it's crazy. I mean, this is getting pretty crazy. Um, there, there's a lot of hot takes online. You know, uh, I think that um, I think this is a pretty big thing, and I think that you should care that this was leaked. I mean, this is only going to hurt the the GTA Six, honestly. I mean, I'm sure it's still going to sell pretty well. Probably going to be one of the best selling games of all time. Um, but it does kind of like all these people kind of like making pre assumption kind of like opinions about it. You know, it's just like, damn, you know, what's going to happen? And I know Rockstar has already come out and said like, hey, you know, this leak isn't going to disrupt any of our stuff, but. I think it actually is going to like delay it a little bit, you know, like a game that already is probably a few years out, you know, that I think this leak is actually going to delay it a little bit actually. So yeah, I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens, but, um, you know, you know, that that's the thing. And, you know, I was listening to, um, the Nintendo podcast, uh, which is, which, which would Hawker of beat em ups and, uh, Bob from, uh, whatever he YouTube show he does. I forget right now. Um, they were talking about this and they were saying like, you know, this could be like a Sonic thing where, you know, the backlash that's happening right now, people are going to believe that the backlash is, backlash is what made GTA 6 the perfect game ever, right? But that's not the case. I mean, this is development footage and anything that you're saying right now doesn't matter, you know, because it's development footage. It's nothing more than that. So the people who are going to be like all high and mighty, like, oh, I told them to fix this and it's fixed in the game. It's like, no. It was a it was a fucking you know the gra you know, yeah the graphics didn't look as good in the in this development footage wow what do you know but yeah um yeah we'll just we'll just keep you know I'll keep a close eye on this see what happens and if anything of note comes up I'll let you guys know in the same vein of things uh, the guy who leaked the Assassin's Creed Mirage uh, artwork um, has been uh, pretty much banned from. Uh, not from everything, but he's kind of been like blacklisted or what is it? Whitelisted or blacklisted? Yeah, whatever. He's been, he, he's kind of been, he's been blacklisted from any pre, you know, you know, any, any, um, early insider stuff anymore. And this was actually, a, he was an up and comer YouTuber. Um, he was, uh, his YouTube channel was Dan Allen gaming who went under a false, like secret, social media account called the real insider uh who leaked sensitive information um that he got because of his 200,000 subscribers on YouTube uh he got all this information early and uh he leaked it on this Twitter account you know the the images of Assassin's Creed Mirage and uh, that it was coming out uh he does say that you know anything that he talked about with like um he talked about some other games like Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill. He said that they were just bullshit. You know, he was just trying to drum up extra hype or whatever, extra clout, I guess. Um, so, you know, as usual, as customary, he put out like a I'm sorry video, apology video. And, you know, Ubisoft has already come out and said that he's banned from ever getting early access stuff. I mean, this is also going to look bad for any other developer or publisher who maybe was thinking of working with them. I mean, this is this is like the biggest like no no of any youtuber's career or anything like that if you work around video games you are forever going to be just the guy who leaked assassin's creed mirage early and got banned from ever doing stuff like this again i mean he's got a two hundred thousand youtube platform which is not that big all things considered and you are a growing youtube channel who is starting to get early access to these things and you have just trained you have derailed You've made a train wreck of your career at this point. He could, you know, obviously he could come back from this. I don't know this guy. I don't I don't know what he I've never heard of him before. But to go out there and like just kind of leak this information thinking that you could get away with it on a secondary uh, account 
Um, that w- it was his own fault that he got hurt. That he got caught too. He forgot to log out of the account or change his handle before you know d- d- replying to someone or something. Um, but yeah, um, and Ubisoft came out and said, you know, his their games are all under an NDA. So if he signed an NDA, uh, he could be under legal uh, legal implications here too. He could be he could be in trouble with the law as well. You know, if he signed an NDA. So you know, it, it's it's shitty. You know, you know, leaks aren't always the best thing ever. You know, when a leak comes out, I usually try to ignore it until it's officially revealed. You know, but with the Assassin's Creed thing, that was so big. You know, it was a lot of information. It was all like actual, like it was very concrete information. You had to talk about it, right? But you look at some other things, and it's just like, okay, yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah, this guy, uh, this guy has pretty much derailed his career. Uh, any companies that he's working with right now are probably going to cut ties at this point, um, especially once Ubisoft does whatever they need to do legally. Um, and yeah, I mean, should I, should he get punished? Yeah, (laughs) I think he should. I mean, this just kind of erodes the trust between like companies and journalists, you know, like me personally, I've been writing at the, the dash pixels for a couple months, maybe like a month now or two. And to think that like a company wouldn't like like Ubisoft wouldn't give out um, you know a code to a game to play early because they think that you know smaller YouTubers and creators are going to just leak it for clout, that's bad. What he did here looks bad on the entire smaller c- creator community. You know whether it be publishers, journalists, uh, YouTubers, Twitter handles, you know Twitch streamers, you know whatever. You know it, it looks bad on everyone. So shame on him. Unsubscribe if you, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, shame on him. That's all. All right. On to better news. Video game Donkey, aka Jason, uh, has launched his new indie publishing company called Big Mode. In his video reveal, he talked about how you know he's been on YouTube for a while now, and the core of his channel has always been to like you know, kind of like slam on bigger companies who put out shit, you know, garbage, you know, like the Metal Gear Survive game and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he always, I mean, Donkey has for a lot of times, he, he does like, he highlights indie games that are, that are up and coming, you know, like Neon White, you know, he, he did push that game to the, to the stratosphere. Um, and so he's always, you know, he's always looking for the best indie games. I'm always looking for the best indie games too. Um, so he's decided to, you know, start up this big mode company to help publish indie games and give them a bump that they need. He's looking for, he's looking for people to join his company right now who are developers, who are working on games, you know, who are smaller, who don't have big publishing con- contracts and stuff like that. Um, he wants to, you know, just kind of elevate them, push them forward and give them the recognition they deserve. You know, he wants to be as developer friendly as possible, um, which means that developers are probably just going to kind of do what they do. And then he's going to publish th- or help publish the games for them. Um, he's already he's already calling for people to sign on to the company. Uh, he's quoted it in his video as saying, um, at Big Mode, we only want to work with the most passionate and creative people out there. I'm sick of all the weak games. I'm sick of all the spam. I only want to work with those who are going ham. We're not aiming for the bronze medals. We're going for gold. Which, I mean, if you watch the video, he's very passionate. And, like, you can tell, like, you know, a lot of his videos do have, like, you know, there are, there are like, joke videos. Like, there's joke videos mixed in with the more serious stuff. Well, maybe not more serious stuff, but, you know, like the you know the reviews and, and other videos that he does. 
you can definitely tell by the way he's talking in this video and 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 and, and doing his thing. Like he's definitely serious about this. He's all in on this. Him and his partner Leah, and uh, it's really great. It's really great. Uh, if you want to watch the video, you know, go ahead and go over to Video Game Donkey's YouTube channel and check it out. Um, if you're a developer out there who's small, maybe reach out to him. If you got a lot of passion for what you're working on, which is you know who doesn't? If you're an indie developer, um, maybe maybe reach out. Um, he's he was also looking for. Um, Actually, I don't, I don't remember what else he was looking for, but I think he's mostly looking for, like, developers and stuff like that who don't have big publishers, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, this is going to be a great thing for the indie game community. Uh, he's, I think he's going to help out a lot, especially with those games that are kind of under the radar, you know. There's there's a lot of shit out there, too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I talked last week about Pet the Dog, and now there's, like, Pet the Cat and Pet the hedgehog or whatever which are also trophy whore games like he's not looking for those kind of games you know he's looking for the true masterpieces that are underneath the surface you know and uh this is one way to do that by having them to reach out to him he'll publish their games for him and i'm sure he's also going to highlight the best ones on his youtube channel still on his youtube channel and yeah yeah so there you go uh, a lot of respect for him and i hope that uh, this is fruitful for the gaming community all right, Sly Cooper's 20th anniversary came around and went, and there wasn't really that much to, to, to talk about. Um, obviously, PlayStation did this whole, like, oh, looking back at the legacy of Sly Cooper and the original games and, you know, the, the last game that came out and, you know, it was one of the first PSP collection, you know, games to be both PSP compatible and PlayStation 3 compatible, you know, and there was some artwork they revealed and some goofy stuff in there. There's, like, a print you can buy. There's T-shirts. There's a plushie. And um, then that, that was it. There was no game reveal. There's nothing like that. I mean, they already said that they weren't planning on releasing any Sly Cooper content in the, in the near future. They're not working on anything right now, which is kind of annoying. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We are, we are, I mean, people are back on the platformer train. I mean, I know it kind of dipped a little bit there and, and during like the Wii era, which, or the you know, first person shooter era, but people are coming back. I mean, indie game, indie games are doing platformers, AAA studios are doing platformers and they're doing work. They're selling numbers and it's just, it's unfortunate that Sly Cooper of all, of all series can't come back. It's just like, it's one of those series that like, it's very imaginative. It's a, it's like a little, it's like a stealth action platformer type game a lot of fun mechanics in there it's, you know, each each level is a banger one after another and it's unfortunate that they just cannot they they just will not go back to sly cooper it, it's weird i mean right now ratchet and clank is doing great it's doing better than it ever has in the past and to think that they are just skipping on sly cooper or doing anything with sly cooper is crazy i mean i know that they recently re-released all the sly cooper games on the playstation um premium and tier tier of the of the of that program but yeah, just kind of unfortunate, but hey, happy 20th anniversary, Sly Cooper. Now go back in the Disney vault. All right, EA has announced that they are making an Iron Man game um, at the development studio Motive, Motive Gaming, Motive Studio. Um, this is the same studio that brought us Star Wars Squadrons and is currently working on the Dead Space remake, so they've made quality, you know, Star Wars Squadrons is a quality game, I would say, uh, and Dead Space is looking good, and so, you know, there is, I guess it's in good hands. It's going to be different from the title uh, Marvel's Iron Man VR. Um, so it's going to be its own original narrative. It's going to be like it's going to be more in line with the old video game tie-in movie, uh, movie video game tie-in games. Um, so it's going to be like a third-person action game. They said um, the 
Marvel's Games like CEO or whatever, Bill Roseman, said that he uh, aims to deliver a love letter to the legacy hero in the form of the Ultimate Iron Man video game. Uh, the unnamed game is now in pre-production right now, so it's probably going to be some time before we actually see anything about it, but this is pretty big news. I mean, we haven't had an Iron Man Central game <coughs> excuse me, uh, since, uh, gee, since, uh, you know, Iron Man 2, the video game or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, this is probably going to pave the way for more Marvel characters. Uh, it is interesting that this is being done by... Um, uh, a studio that's not associated with Sony. Uh, right now, Spider-Man and Wolverine, both games, you know, both characters are being developed solely, solely by Sony. So, uh, I guess we'll have to, we'll, we'll see uh, how uh, EA does with the Iron Man property. Uh, but yeah, very interesting. All right. Last week, I talked about Isanzo, World War One Isanzo, and uh, now they've had they got a roadmap for. New content that's coming in the future for the franchise for the game, I should say. Uh, so, the Corpor the Co Co Cap Capo free expansion uh, is going to be coming in the next few months. Um, this is going to give you three additional maps, a new faction, the German Empire, more challenges to complete, more custom match options, Mac support, prestiging, and German cosmetic pack is going to be a DLC pack that you can get. Uh, right now, ongoing, they're all they're working on AI improvements, bug fixes, etc., etc., etc. It looks like during maybe the winter months, uh, there's going to be the Winter War free expansion. There's going to be two additional maps, a special game mode, and a below zero cosmetic DLC pack. And then uh, a next, the next pack, the I guess the next, not the final one, because there's an arrow after this. So they're, they're still they're just they're still going to be supporting this game for a while. Um, Solstice is the next free expansion after the Winter War, which is probably going to be like spring. There's two new maps, uh, new weapons are going to be coming, and more uniform DLC. So it looks like a lot of good stuff is coming uh, to Asanzo. I've still been in enjoying it a lot. Uh, and if you want to try it out, I would suggest doing so. It's a very fun first-person shooter. Definitely worth playing. Um, and they, this game is definitely quality. Uh, it's a definitely a quality game. Um, so yeah, uh, very, very... Very nice. like that. like that a lot. All right, so the developers of Yakuza, which is now being called um, Like a Dragon, uh, they officially came out and said, you know, why they are replacing the name. Um, you know, this is a long-running series by Sega. You know, why are they doing this new naming convention, Like a Dragon? And originally, I thought that Like a Dragon was just like a spin-off series, you know? Um, like, you know, like a dragon Ishin, it's the, you know, it's, it's, it's in like, you know, feudal Japan, you know, instead of being in, you know, so like, oh, like a dragon, it's a, it's a spinoff. No, this is actually how they're going to be naming the games in the future. So like a dragon Ishin, like a dragon, dragon, the man who erases name and like a dragon eight, which is, you know, Yakuza eight, uh, you know, those, the, that's how the naming convention is going to go from now on. Speaking to IGN, Masayoshi Yokoyama confirmed what we've all been thinking, the franchise has simply moved away from being about Yakuza. He's quoted as saying, story-wise too, we are talking about crimi the criminal underworld, but we're not talking about Yakuza. So it just makes sense for us not to include them in the name. If we carry through the accent, we'd be Yakuza Ishin. It's not Yakuza Ishin. We'd not that's not what it's about. So like a Dragon Ishin makes more sense. And I mean that's true. That's true. And I, you know, I understand like, you know, wanting to stray away from you know, a gang <laughs> being the main center of the of the naming convention for your video game. So, yeah, um, 
just uh, so going forward, I'm going to try and remember to call the Yakuza games like a dragon from now on, but I'll probably slip up every so often. So, you know, try not to get too angry. And uh, finally for the news, actually, no, two more things for the news. One, Ben and Jerry's ice cream appeared on Xbox Game Pass library. Uh, there was apparently some sort of like test that was being done. Um, and uh, all like if you were scrolling through your Xbox Game Pass library, uh, a picture of uh, Ben and Jerry's half-baked ice cream tub would appear, and you could actually download it. I guess it was like a simple like touchscreen kind of game. Um, it was it was kind of weird, uh, but yeah, this was apparently a test on the Xbox storefront, uh, which I believe has been taken down at this point. But just kind of like a funny thing, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you know, just had this like random game that maybe is coming like phones and stuff like that and maybe they i don't i don't even know i don't even i don't even know um but yeah uh, yeah uh, so uh yeah there you go just a little funny thing right there for ben and jerry's now finally for the news uh ed sheeran is going to be releasing a pokemon themed song called celestial uh, this is going to be coming out on September 29th. Ed is partnering with Pokemon to collaborate with a new song called Celestial, which will be released on the 29th of September. Um, I mean, it's not sure exactly what the song is going to entail or what it's going to be exactly about, but um, I, th- I believe he released a snippet of the song on his website or something like that, or YouTube. Let's see here. Do I have my desk? Like my troubled heart is a million miles away You make me feel like I'm drunk on stars And we're dancing out in space Celestial Alright, so it just sounds like... It sounds like an Ed Sheeran song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Ed Sheeran doing a collaboration with Pokemon. We'll see how that goes on the 29th. All right, let's move on to the final part here, which is what's coming soon. All right. <clears throat> biggest. Yeah, the biggest thing for what's coming soon this week was Scorn had an eight minute gameplay segment of the prologue level. Uh, Scorn is coming out October 21st. Uh, it's an atmospheric first-person horror adventure game set in the nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. It is designed around the idea of being thrown into the world, isolated and lost inside of a dreamlike world where you explore different interconnected regions in a non-linear fashion. The unsettling environment is a character in itself. And that's actually a perfect description for it. I mean, it is a very unsettling game. This prologue has you walking around this like crazy... I mean, you've seen, you've probably seen the screenshots and stuff like that. I mean, it's a very, you know, weird, you know, almost, almost, um, industrial kind of setting. And like, you know, like one of the first things you do is you, you get this, like, I don't know, a pick type thing that works with the technology of the world. And essentially like, it looks like this prologue is full of these little puzzles where you control doors and stuff with this little pick thing and you... And you're doing stuff with that, and you're moving items and stuff around. It's a very gruesome-looking game. Um, I was expecting this to be more of like a Doom-type experience, but it definitely seems to be something a lot different than I was ex- I was personally expecting. And that's okay. I think it looks pretty good. It's coming to Xbox Game Pass. I don't know if it's... I think it's coming to PC and the console. So, you know, no worries about that. Um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what exactly this game is going to be, because, like, this little gameplay segment is nothing like I thought it was going to look like, you know? It, it definitely uh, it definitely is a lot different than I was expecting, and maybe a lot of people are expecting. You know, you expect to, like, get a get a weapon or something in, like, the first mission or something like that, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of puzzle solving and, like, doing stuff like that. So if you want to check out uh, this eight-minute gameplay segment, it's on Ebb Software's YouTube channel, and I'm very excited to see more of this game uh, when it launches, so pretty cool, pretty cool. Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, had a teaser trailer for the PC version of the game. Obviously, we've known about the PC version of the game coming, um, but now uh, it's been confirmed that the game is coming fall of 2022, so you shouldn't have to wait too long since we're you know, already in fall now. Um, but for uh, fans of P the PC version of the original Spider-Man Remastered, uh, this one's going to have the same options. Um, so, you know, there's 4K options, there's the ultra-widescreen, you know, um, stuff like that. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of modding in it as well, so you'll probably be able to mod stuff too. Um, but yeah, uh, looks like it's going to be coming soon. Um, so prepare yourselves for Spider-Man Miles Morales, which, uh, you know, is a great game. It's a, it's a fun game. It's a shorter experience than the original Spider-Man game, obviously, but uh, it was a very fun game. I really liked it. Uh, you know, Miles had a very unique moveset that was, you know, similar to, you know, Peter Parker, but still his own style and, and his own vibe, and yeah, it was, it was a fun game. So if you want to check that out, it's coming to PC in fall. And then here's 17 new PlayStation 5 and PS4 games that are out now on PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium Tiers. So for Premium Tiers, uh, you can play Bentley's Hack Pack, Kingdom of Paradise, Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time, Siphon Filter 2, The Sly Cooper Collection, and Toy Story 3. And then uh, PlayStation Plus Extra Tier, you can play Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX, Assassin's Creed Origins, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Deathloop, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, Monsters Energy Supercross, The Official Video Game 5, Rabbids Invasion, The Interactive TV Show, Rayman Legends, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Complete Edition, Spiritfarer, and Watch Dogs 2. So there you go. Um, yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ferret 64 Podcast. Really do appreciate that. If you want to check out any of the other things I do, I write for the the-pixels.com. Should have a review for Scathe coming out soon and Tinykin. Um... Also, if you want to check me out on, on Twitch, I'm streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays currently. Uh, we're going to be jumping into our Halloween extravaganza the whole month of October playing spooky horror games. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of fun stuff going on, Halloween bingo, etc., etc. So if you want to tune in, that'll all start on October 1st, of course. Uh, and then uh, if you want to check out anything else I do, it's all at Yummy the Ferret, uh, whether it be Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram etc. Uh, and then also, um, I do a two, a two other podcasts, but the one I'm going to plug is Film Freaks with a Z, the podcast about movies. We talk about a single movie, and uh, this latest episode that released uh, on Friday, we talked about Jackie Chan's First Strike. And the next episode is going to be about How to Train Your Dragon. So uh, if you want to tune into those, just uh, those release every two weeks. Alright, thank you so much once again. I am Yummy the Fair, and I am out of here. Have a good rest of your week. Bye bye The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, 
PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.